Hey everybody, welcome back to Taskmaster is Wonderful. I'm Eric and today I'm talking about Taskmaster Australia Season 1 Episode 6, Lucky with a Sausage. As always, we have our Taskmaster, Tom Gleason, his assistant, Tom Cashman, and our panel of contestants, Danielle Walker, Jimmy Reese, Julia Morris, Luke McGregor, and Nino Yama. This episode's title, Lucky with a Sausage, comes from Julia. Before we get into the tasks, let's take a closer look at Tom Cashman, the Taskmaster's assistant. Thomas James Cashman is a stand-up comedian and writer. He's best known for appearing on The Project, which is an Australian current affairs panel show. He has appeared on several other panel shows and co-hosts a podcast with Sam Taunton called The Good Stuff. He also creates videos on TikTok that are very funny. I'm going to put links to his podcast and to his TikTok in the episode description. All right, prize task, the thing someone else will miss the most. Danielle brings in half of Nina's shoes. Fantastic. She was able to sneak into uh, Nina's home because she never locks her front door. Um, this deservedly gets five points. Everything else that everyone brought was total garbage. Um, four points goes to Julia, who brought her daughter's gas mask from an art installation sort of thing in her room. Um, her daughter has not noticed that it's missing yet. And yet, she still gets four points. So you can just imagine how bad everything else is. For three points, we see Jimmy bring a basketball hoop and a basketball, challenging Tom Cashman to a basketball competition because he believes that Tom Cashman will miss the most. Tom says that he has played basketball weekly for the last 15 years. I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see either of them play any basketball. So it's like a it is purely hypothetical on all fronts two points goes to nina who brings in her housemates cotton swabs not the cotton swabs just the the canister that they come in so maybe jimmy and julia aren't looking so bad still pretty bad then one point goes to luke who starts out by apologizing to tom gleason for bringing in red hair which he thinks tom gleason misses having so danielle is off to a great start and julia is very fortunate that everybody else's was so bad so that brings us to the team task the task is on top of a big bowl of generic mints i was trying to figure out what the pun of that was there's some type of joke in there because we do have a, another one later that is definitely a pun um uh, we'll we'll talk about but um i don't know maybe it had to do because they were their wheels i don't know but the task was reinvent the wheel fit the car's axle with something that is not a wheel then drive it to the finish line fastest to cross the finish line wins we have a, a little rc car um it's not really little it's uh big enough for i don't know like a six-year-old to fit comfortably in so we first see the improv troupe jimmy nina and luke um jimmy and nina go to search for supplies while luke just stays with the car he sits in the car and breaks it 
Um, he threatens to bash Tom if he tells the others. Um, as soon as Luke leaves, Tom tells Jimmy what happens. Later on, he admits to Luke that he did not keep the secret. Uh, Luke is very upset. He says, I'll, I'll never forget this. You've made a powerful enemy. And then Jimmy and Nina were like, we won't forget it either. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, sorry. There's a lot of apologizing in this episode from many different people. Um, so their method was they found uh, like a string of buoys. And so they cut one off of the string and uh, drill like a new hole into it so that they could get a really tight fit onto the axle, which worked really well. So their time getting through the obstacle course, which involved a, a couple of tight turns going over a little ramp, took them 10 minutes and 12 seconds. Back in the studio, Tom reminds us that Luke threatened to bash him and luke apologized it was an empty threat that's three apologies from luke within two tasks <laughs> um then we see the dream team danielle and julia danielle does nearly all of the work but there were a couple of nice little contributions from julia um danielle uh also uses the buoy but she does not secure it as tightly as the other team did. Um, so once it gets to the ramp, the wheels literally fall off. Julia is amazed by Danielle's driving skills, though, and she's just like, how, how do you know how to do this? This is amazing. Um, it struggles to go to the ramp, so they bail on using that buoy. Danielle just gets a bunch of rocks and with duct tape just keeps adding more and more in a disc shape <laughs> um, and then hucks that onto that onto the axle um julia adds a mannequin arm into the seat so i could wave to everybody um and then they end up using the other mannequin arm or it's not the whole arm it's like the wrists up not the wrist or the wrist down is it okay if you're if you're starting from your wrists and you say from the wrist up are you talking about the rest of the arm or are you talking about the hand? If you're talking about the hand, would you say from the wrist down? I'm not sure. S send me your thoughts on that. Anyway, uh, they use the other mannequin hand as sort of like a prop uh, or like a jack um, to keep the, the front end of the car elevated so that the back end doesn't lose contact until it's far enough over the ramp. And amazingly, it works, and they finally make it across the finish line. They crossed the finish line in 28 minutes and 55 seconds. Almost three times as long as the other team. Um, so the improv troupe got four points, and the dream team got two points. The next task, they enter the lounge to see that the task is on top of a bunch of buttons and a $100 bill in United States dollars. We get another sort of sub-task from Luke as he tries to figure out what the riddle of the buttons and the $100 is. I was a little bit disappointed in myself that I didn't figure out the riddle immediately. Uh, the answer is Benjamin Button because buttons and Benjamin Franklin is on the $100 bill. Um, this ties in beautifully 
to the task, which is age or de-age yourself. You must reveal your aged or de-aged self in 20 minutes. The biggest difference from your real age wins. Um, so just going back to the Benjamin Button thing real quick. Because of this, I, I am convinced that first task, that bowl of mints, was some kind of pun. And I it's tearing me up to not know what it is. So if anybody else knows what that pun is, please let me know and then I'll feel dumb. Or I won't feel dumb because it, it might be a reference that I, I have no idea about. So first we see Luke who becomes an old man with a wig and a beard. He's wearing a bathrobe and a top hat because old people wear top hats. He says, blag immigrants. He loves negative gearing, Fox and Sky News and God. His age is placed at 75 for a score of 35. Um, he tries to argue that he was even older than that by saying that he was uh, incontinent and that he also had to use an old timey catheter, which um, I will not describe. It's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit too much for this uh, mostly clean podcast. Um, I did not know what negative gearing is, so I looked it up according to Wikipedia. Negative gearing is a form of financial leverage whereby an investor borrows money to acquire an income-producing investment, and the gross income generated by the investment, at least in the short term, is less than the cost of owning and managing the investment, including depreciation and interest charged on the loan but excluding capital repayments. I'm not going to try to explain it, but I feel like I understand it, the, the general gist of it. Um, it is not a thing in the United States, or it's a more limited thing in the United States. I don't think I've ever heard the phrase before, um, but I also read that it is a thing in Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. There you go. Something that old people like. Next up, we see Jimmy... Uh, he becomes a crying baby who needs a pacifier. Um, he ends up arguing himself into not tying with Luke, instead losing to Luke by three months. Um, he ends up getting 34 years and nine months because he estimates the baby is about three months old. Up next, we saw Nina. Uh, she did a great job of becoming an old lady in a wheelchair who dropped her umbrella uh, when asked how old she is she says 85 and tom then asks well what year were you born and then she has to think about it for a while and finally comes up with the correct answer of 1937 tom gleason says that she did a really good job and she's very happy about that um, her total year difference is 56 years then we see Julia. She becomes an 18-year-old baby fetishist on drugs. <laughs> she starts out pretty well off as just a baby, asking for up, and it's all very strange. Tom appears to be just stunned. She did not have to do anything else. Besides, if she just stopped right there, it would have been fine, but it's because she progressively was speaking more and more and more instead of being a one-year-old baby, Tom Gleason says, well, I, th I think 
you're actually uh, some type of <laughs> adult with a baby fetish. So uh, let's say 18 years old. Um, her score ends up being 37 years difference. Um, Danielle, she becomes a hunchback and it's great. It is absolutely unhinged. Um, she claims to be 300 years old. Tom asks to see her body for some reason. <laughs> um, it, it's absolutely wild. Um, she gets angry about the extensive interview that's taking place. Um, she says, what's all this hassle about? I would have planned a backstory if I knew it was going to be four hours of interview after. So back in the first episode... She established that she will die at the age of 410. So the math works out. It's part of a whole story arc, and Tom Gleason accepts the 300-year-old figure. Another apology happens here in the studio. Um, Tom apologizes that it is the first and last time he will ever ask a woman, please show me your body. So Danielle wins the task with a 270-year difference. She gets the five points. Nina, with the 56-year difference, gets four points. Julia, with 37-year difference, gets three points. Luke, with 35-year difference, gets two. And Jimmy, with 34 years and nine months, gets one point. The next task, save the snag from the Barbie least burnt snag wins i have also never heard this use of the word snag a sausage also snagger in australia and elsewhere snag has a number of meanings but in australia a snag is also one of several words for sausage others include snarler and snork i like snork ever watch uh the snork is it the snorks it was kind of like the smurfs but they're they're like sea creature fellas um it was first recorded in 1937 and probably comes from british mainly scots dialect snag meaning a morsel or a light meal okay so this task starts out at the the caravan there are decoy barbecues all over the pro property um there's one by the lake there's one out in the bathtub at the edge of the woods there's one up on the second story balcony and there's also one in the back of the truck. Um, they have a pumpkin, some bread, some corn, and some chicken nuggets and all the decoys. Uh, the sausage is being cooked in the lab, um, being held by a Barbie doll over like a little camping stove flame thing. The improv troupe are all shown together first. So you see Nina running around so happy. She later describes it as that she felt like a little dog running around on a leash. Throughout all of the attempts, Tom hits all of them with his hit a snag line. It's like it, it, you might say that you, you hit a snag here when they uh, find one of the decoys. Um, so because of that, I have listed all these by their reaction to when Tom says his hit a snag line. So Luke responds by saying, how long have you had that one in your pocket? Uh, Nina just rolls with it and says, well, I've hit two snags because he, he waits until she's found the second decoy. 
at that point. Jimmy laughs really hard, really sarcastically, and says, you're wasting my time. Danielle pauses for a second and just says, you're annoying. So the improv troupe, they all do it pretty quickly. They're all within a minute of each other. Nina does it in 8 minutes and 12 Jimmy does it in 7 minutes and 46, and Luke does it in 7 minutes and 22. Um, Danielle has a lot of trouble because she's spending so much time trying to think of the connection between all of the items. They sort of make sense in a way. The bread and the corn, also things you might have at a barbecue. Chicken nuggets, probably also. Pumpkin, I... I'm, I don't know how they do things in Australia, but I have never seen a pumpkin at a barbecue. It does seem like they might be a hint to where the snag actually is, but apparently there's no meaning behind it. Just They're just distractions. Um, she eventually finds the Barbie doll in the lab, and then she's annoyed because that's not a barbecue, that's a burner, and that's not an actual Barbie. She, like, undresses it to check the, the markings, to, to, to check the brand on it. Tom Gleason doesn't know Barbies. She gets last place with a time of 15 minutes and 50 seconds, almost twice as long as the next slowest person. And then we see Julia. Um, she just goes straight to the house, pure luck, and finds the Barbie in the lab. Tom doesn't even have a chance to say his stellar snag line. She didn't see any of the decoy Barbies. Bing, bang, boom. Tom once again observes that she works the best when she doesn't try. And it's paying off because she is in the lead for the entire series. And that brings us to the live task. There are five canvases with an outline of a monster on it. Um, in four rounds, in each of the rounds, they add to their drawings to make their monster more of a certain quality. So in the first round, they have to make their monster meaner. Um, Julia is eliminated because her monster does not look very mean. Um, it does not have the angry eyebrows or anything, but she argues it, it's flipping the bird and has a gun. It's not enough though. Um, Nina's monster, um, I tried to figure out what she had written in the speech bubble below it. And this is as, as much as I could discern. You look like... Someone who has, those three words I'm not very sure of, um, just taken off their glasses and then something in parentheses. I do not know what that means as far as being mean. Maybe she changed part of the phrase. And so what I'm actually reading here was meant to be for the next part, which is make your monster cuter. So make your monster cuter. Jimmy is eliminated because his monster is not adapted to be cuter very well. There are some inconsistencies with what we see written on the boards, and it made me wonder if, huh, if the I don't think they're white erase boards. Otherwise, I think we would have seen them erase more, or maybe they were, and then they were told it is better if you cross stuff out because it's an additive drawing. I don't know. Earlier in the task, Jimmy's 
monster says f you tom and taskmaster sucks um but when he's eliminated we see a close-up of his his drawing and the f you tom is not there at all and uh taskmaster sucks is uh marked out so yeah i kind of wonder what what was going on with that um the next round make your monster more prestigious and this is maybe my favorite part of the whole episode in an episode of so many great things um but nina is eliminated because she drew some books she was up against uh danielle's monster having the taskmaster trophy and a first place medal and luke's monster had a nobel prize so nina explained the books as prestigious people read lots of books and that's where they get all of their prestigion prestigion and then ask what prestigious means so it comes down to luke versus danielle the final round is to make your monster sexier so luke in the first round uh his monster is saying i eat kids and then when he made it cuter he crossed out eat and wrote love and then he didn't change it for the rest of it um to make his monster sexier he added fishnets and heels and uh a sex metal this is a callback again to episode one for the uh, history of your life task and luke's life story ends with him dying while winning the grand final of sex so they are fellow champions um Danielle's monster has um, some bare breasts hanging out from underneath all the fur. Um, she claims that the gold medal that she she drew for the prestigious round is also for sex. And the monster is saying, I want to suck ya. <laughs> Nobody actually says that out loud. They don't even have to mention it because Danielle points out, well, at least mine doesn't say I love kids. And <laughs> both Toms are like, yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> he can't win this task. So Luke gets four points. Danielle gets five points. And that gives us the totals for the episode. Jimmy in last place with 13 points. A tie, a three-way tie for second place. Julia, Luke, and Nina get 15 points each. And the winner of this episode is Danielle with 18 points. She gets to keep half of Nina's shoes. Nina tries to steal them back uh, there at the end of the show, but uh, Danielle is too quick. <laughs> so I loved this episode. I was not in tears as much as I was in episode five, but there were still some stellar moments i i i want to watch this whole episode i already watched it twice today and i watched i want to watch the whole thing again already so let me know what your favorite moments from this episode were by tweeting me at tiw podcast you can also follow me on instagram and facebook Go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review while you're at it. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time here on Taskmaster is Wonderful Podcasts. Bye!